This week on Dueling Review, it's Teen Titans Academy number one from DC Comics. Welcome to Teen Titans Academy, packed with both new, superpowered teens and numerous dark secrets. Teen Titans Academy's student body includes Shazam, a new Australian speedster, a trio of Gotham teen expatriates obsessed with Batman, and one member of the first class will become the Deadly Red Axe. Original new Teen Titans, including Nightwing, Starfire, Raven, Cyborg, and Beast Boy, take on the roles of teachers and mentors for superpowered teens. Their goal? To shape the next generation of heroes. We are going to talk this week about Teen Titans Academy number one from DC Comics. And I really don't know where we're at in the world of Teen Titans because it seems like either Cyborg is on the Justice League or he's not on the Justice League. And uh, who knows what's going on with Starfire, if she's becoming more of what the look is in the Titans TV show, or who knows what's going on with the Titans. Now, of course, you got the new new Teen Titans. Infinite Frontier means that everything happened. Yeah. So Vic is both a founding member of the new Justice League, and he remembers his time with the Titans. Yeah, I was just, I haven't read any Teen Titans or Titans or new Teen Titans type stuff. Uh, in a long, 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 long time. So, you know, I get it that uh, they want to, apparently uh, Dick is now a billionaire thanks to Alfred leaving him all of his money. Right. Um, but he's, you know, they've created the Roy Harper School for Teenage Superheroes or something. The Crossler School of Beauty, yes. Well, the last Teen Titans group was led by Damien and almost disintegrated when Damien flipped out and did whatever he's doing now. I don't know what Damien's doing right now. Uh, but that group had uh, Kid Flash, uh, Crush. Well, they're the still running. Lobo. Apparently, they're still Ready? running around doing stuff, though. Yeah, they're still, they're still in this book. They're the upperclassmen. Uh, Roundhouse, uh, the blue-skinned boy, and um, Red Arrow, who is Green Arrow's half-sister, and Bunker, who hasn't been seen since about 2013. And of course, uh, strangely enough, Jakeem Thunder. Yeah. Are uh, with the actual Teen Titans team. Yeah. Whereas the Elder Titans, basically the, the membership of the original new Teen Titans from 1980, minus Wally West, are the instructors. Cyborg looks weird in this issue. Why is that? He barely appears. So Yeah, but he doesn't look like Cyborg Cyborg. He looks like he's this weird banded metal creature. And I'm like, well, I suppose he can morph. So, yeah. <sighs> so that's a comic that happened. Did you not like it? Did you not like this book? I really didn't. Um, but there's a couple of things in play. Part of it is the fact that we have six instructors. We have the Teen Titans street team, basically that last group of new Teen Titans, which is seven more characters. We have the new recruits, which is another eight people. We have uh, Billy Batson and Miguel Montez. So Captain Marvel and uh, the latest bearer of the H dial are here. So right now we're, I mean, we're above 25 characters. Yeah, that seems without okay. Without a whole lot of context for anything i mean i feel like i don't know i i think i had the same complaint about that first issue of strange academy it seemed like they've got a lot of cool stuff that they want to introduce and so they're just going to keep throwing it as oh plus there's the three kids from gotham city who only get name checked in one panel 
and somebody is red X or maybe not red X. Oh, somebody is, somebody is definitely red X, but who is it? Is it, is it the creepy kid that just wants to blow everything up with his EMP powers? Mm -hmm. Or is it one of the, the Gothamite kids or maybe it's Shazam when Billy Batson, whenever he's not, uh, when he's not Shazam. I don't know. I don't know. Has red X been anything in the comics recently? That was the one thing that I had a question because I think everyone who knows the uh, the Teen Titans series mm-hmm. on um, not Adult Swim but whatever that that uh, anime Cartoon series Network. yeah Cartoon Network uh, but then you know I know Red X was a big arc there and of course Red X was a thing in the comic books but that was a long time ago mm-hmm. and then um, you see Red X appear occasionally in Teen Titans Go but you know it's kind of not Robin out of control it's just you know Robin in a in disguise. The so future I, state event had red X. Ah, um, okay. And during part of it, Dick actually was red X. Uh huh. Um, and then there was another red X who was an adult. Remember future state takes place in the future, a theoretical future about 10 years down the line. So Batman's in his forties and semi-retired Luke Fox is actually being Batman and Dick was being Red X to get back at Slade. I don't know. I didn't read his book. But there was a Red X there in that future other than Nightwing as Red ah, X. So then this must be the Red X that we see at the end of this book must be the Red X that will grow up to be the Red X in Future State. Nah, because the Future State is already being retconned to the possible yeah. future. Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, can, you know, for 15 years way. we had the, the, the Adult Legion as the absolute future. No future is ever going to stay, but this one's already being wiped. Well, but I wonder if that's what they're trying to do is to tie that in with that future state Red X. I think what they're trying to do is go, hey, you remember that cool 2003 Teen Titans series? We're finally bringing the coolest character from there into the comics so you can read it and find out, y'all. Yeah, um, I was I got kind of mixed feelings on this because I don't really know. I don't think they really have their their footing on what they want to do with this story yet, because Mm -hmm. are we supposed to be seeing this through the world of these new kids that are coming into teen Titans Academy? Like we would see in a Harry Potter, which, you know, that's a, that's a pretty bold, bold joke to make in a a DC comics book. That's owned by Warner brothers that publishes uh, Harry Potter books uh, as a kind of a dig on, on the, the author. So I thought that was kind of a bold move. Um, but they don't I don't know whether they want to look at it from the point of view of these kids, you know, new kids coming in uh, or if they're looking at this from the point of view of the instructors or if we're supposed to be looking at this from some other point of view, because I don't think that they've got that part figured out yet. And I think once they get that part figured out, then I think the story might have a little bit more footing and might be able to. Attract the readers that they're trying to attract. You know, because it feels like this issue feels like a lot of spaghetti thrown against the wall uh, kind of thing. Let's see how much stuff we can get out there to kind of inundate people without really letting us know who are we supposed to care for in this story. And if we can't identify in the first issue who we're supposed to care for, yeah, then you don't have you don't have a story. You don't have a hook. And even though you may have a reveal at the end and you have this big setup about Red X, Red X, Red X all throughout the um throughout the book, all these hints and stories and, and, and little bits and pieces, th- that character is also not our main character. 
So, yeah, I, I really feel like they 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 fumbled with this first issue in trying to find somebody that the audience is supposed to connect with. Now, whether that be new kids, you know, the young uh, the young freshmen who are, you know, a young reader might look at and say, oh, well, I identify with this. Or if it's supposed to attract older readers like us who've known the Titans forever and say, oh, yeah, this is this is a look at the new generation changing, trying to uh, struggle with training the young generation. That book, the book has neither one of those. And so when I compare it to Strange Academy, which, you know, I like the first issue a lot more um, because it was focused on just the new kids, even though there were a million of them in that first issue. At least we knew the new kids were what we were supposed to be focusing on. And then a little bit here and there, we got, you know, some of the some of the teachers doing something spooky. Right. Uh, this isn't that. And I and I, I feel kind of bad because I feel like this book is trying to uh, jump on the jump on the Strange Academy band, bandwagon or, you know, the Harry Potter bandwagon or the, you know, the magical genius uh, savior trope. Uh, but they they kind of stumbled and fell, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, I feel like, first of all, uh, DC did something very similar to this not that long ago with Gotham Academy. Oh, uh, well, see, now Gotham Academy wasn't about training, training heroes. No. These were just about kids who were growing up. In, and that series was really, really good. That series yep. was just about people coming, you know, growing up in this weird city uh, and going to this academy and weird things that are happening there intersecting with events of Batman. But you didn't have you know, hey, here are the adventures of young Bruce Wayne and the rest of the Gotham kids who will grow up to be heroes and or villains. It wasn't that, but that wasn't that. That was generally something that was a, I would say it's superhero tangential, you know, yeah. just because it barely had superheroes in it. Um, that was a good series. And that was a series that they ended way before they should have. And I think that the, the biggest problem with this is that I, you hit it right on the head. There's two much going on it's trying to have its cake and eat it too the major plot lines that we see here are the mystery and then a whole bunch of stuff around nightwing but also there's a teen titans team out in the field and they're being you know active and running around and it's just all over the place mm -hmm. they don't have enough pages to do my hero academia I mean, there just there isn't enough room in this book, and the way that this is going to come out monthly makes me feel like we're going to have another one of those things where you know, like the end of that first group of Legion stories, we're going to get to the end of this, and most of these characters aren't even going to have had a line; they're not going to be in any way addressed or you know made the focus of a story. I don't know. I was really disappointed. I mean, Teen Titans has a grand tradition of old men deciding that, hey, maybe kids talk like this. Yeah. <laughs> but this one really felt like a, a hello, fellow kids yeah. kind of story. Yeah, I, I kind of got that. I kind of got that vibe, too. Here yeah. And, and, you know, I love it when Bob Haney is like, I'm just going to, you know, Bob Haney was the original uh, Joss Whedon in terms of just making up slang that your characters say and saying this is how kids talk not trying to sound like a legitimate kid saying, this is how these kids talk in this world. And that to me, I feel like I liked that, but it was also 1965 and you could get away with that a different way. And these kids are just, I feel like we're, we're about two minutes away from a TikTok joke. You know, I feel like there's, there's, 
there's an edge in here of uh, those darn millennials. And of course, you know, uh, by actual DC timelines, it's the adults who are the millennial. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, on the plus side, I feel like the, the major pluses here are bringing, in, bringing back Bunker, bringing in a lot of characters and deciding if you're going to do a school story, you're going to do a school story. You know, yeah. they did this with uh, Future Foundation at Marvel about five or six years ago. Yeah, that, how did that? I only read little bits and pieces of that one. That one, that series seemed to work okay, right? Yeah, that. I mean, that series had a couple of things going for it, and but it had a similar premise in that, you know, the four adults, the makeshift Fantastic Four, makeshift is what I said there. Makeshift. I clearly said an F. Uh, the makeshift Fantastic Four, your uh, Miss Thing, She Hulk, Medusa, and Ant Man weren't the top teachers. So there was that issue of the kids knew that they weren't being taught by, you know, the top tier guys. And that was part of the story was these four characters trying to, you know, figure out how to be good enough instructors while balanced against the children. But even there, they didn't have this many students and a lot of those students didn't get a lot of development. Well, I'm fine if they if you don't if you have students that don't get development, if you have characters that don't get development, uh, and that's mm-hmm. fine. I, I just opened up uh, My Hero Academia Volume One and looked through the first issue, and that ran about fifty six pages by right. my count. I just did a really quick count. So I I think you're right that there needs to this needs to maybe be a bigger book, or they need to cut the amount of information they're feeding us in half. But right. at the same time, I don't think they can. I think it'd be hard to do it because if you end up on issue three and suddenly the Gotham trio are there and you're like, right. who are these guys? Why didn't we get to know who they were in the first issue? Cause at least in my hero academia uh, there, you know, they try to introduce as many people as they, well, I guess he's not into the Academy in the first issue, but it's all right. about Midoriya and uh splody hands and their relationship and kind of wow. setting up the world of, um, of, uh, of my hero academia. Yeah. But the minute, the minute you get into him getting into the Academy, uh, which I think probably happens in two or three, um, then suddenly it's like, let's drop, let's drop some superheroes on you. So maybe you could wait until that long to introduce a bunch of heroes into the class. But, but with my hero academia, very first page is Midoriya, right? You know, I'm Midoriya and this is, you know, this is me trying to be as awesome as I possibly can. And you can tell right away that this is his story. Right. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you reading this first issue, who is our central character? I think it's the one kid who, (laughs) which one is that? Uh, Literally Nightwing. Oh, okay. He gets the most screen time and he is the center of all this. Yeah, then 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 the name of the book shouldn't be Teen Titans Academy. It should be Nightwing and his amazing friends. It should be Nightwing and the Philosopher's Stone, and Nightwing and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and Nightwing and the and you know whatever. Um, but th- this really shouldn't be a a Dick Grayson book. Uh, if they want a Dick Grayson book, they've already got one. Uh, but for you know two years now, they were calling him Rick. Uh, so if they want a if they want a Nightwing book, they should make a new Nightwing book. If they're talking about Teen Titans Academy, again, uh, Dick Grayson and Starfire and Beast Boy and Cyborg and Raven, you know, they are, they're Titans. So they can't even call this Teen Titans Academy and have them be the main characters because 
This should be about teens and should focus on teens. And, you know, I think it's the kid, um, Tubi or whatever his name is, Tubi Tombs, mm-hmm. the kid that can turn into a tube. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe he's our central character because it certainly isn't Billy Batson, although it was weird to see his name get a name drop in here, considering mm-hmm. that he's freaking Shazam. Um, uh, yeah, so it would, to me, it seemed like he should be the central character. And I, I really would have saved the Red X reveal for issue three or four. Now, my guess right. is my guess is this is probably going to be a six issue mini and that's it. But and maybe that's why they're having to cram so much in here, because I don't see this being an ongoing. Uh, I really it don't. I don't even see this becoming a maxi series. An ongoing, but uh, I can't even see this making it past six issues after this, to be honest. If it made I it to really 12, if it makes it to 12, I'll be really surprised. But they need to figure out who their who their main character is. And let's focus on that character story and let's experience the world through that character. And I think that that is probably my biggest gripe on this whole thing is I don't know who I'm supposed to be identifying with. Right. And, and I, I know the I know the answer is, well, you can identify with everyone. We have a non-binary character in here. We have some and some ragtag. Yeah, we have a ragtag character in here. That's, you know, the, the street urchin. We have uh, international uh, characters in here. We got a fat blue kid in here. We've got something for everybody in here. Uh, but they are still not a main character. Yeah. And, and you can do a series like this without having a Harry Potter or a Midori at the center of it. But I it's don't a lot know. Harder. That can, yeah. But that doesn't make it bad. I mean, they can. They, I mean, it's if, a lot harder to well, make Star Wars than it is to make, you know, John Carpenter's Dark Stars. Then let's find five characters that we can focus on. They don't even find five characters to focus on in here. That's because they have way too many characters. They're trying to do everything. They're trying to resolve the teen Titans and the Titans, putting them both into this book and also this new character, you know, this wave of new characters. I, I'll guarantee you that by the time this book ends, we will probably not hear more than 10 words from the likes of roundhouse and crush. You know, the new kids, we might get an arc, for the ones that they really, really want to push. I think that uh, Brick is probably going to be the closest thing we have to our central character. I don't think he's Red X because he's a very obvious character in this issue. Mm-hmm. He's the standoffish guy. And I feel like we're going to learn that the standoffish guy is actually good. He's going to be War and Peace. He'll seem like a villain, but when push comes to shove, he'll fight the bad guys. And then, you know, uh, Will Stronghold's girlfriend will have to reveal that she's the most powerful person in Sky High. Wait, <laughs> no. See, even Sky High has yeah. a main character that you can focus on and identify with. Yeah, but Sky High, again, is a an, an ensemble piece. Will is a well, central it's true, character. but he's the central character. Here, we don't even know who the central character is with the ensemble piece. And that's it's why I said five. Nightwing. Uh, that's, that's bad. That's a, that is a bad choice. You don't, I know. You don't, tell a, you don't tell a teen hero story and make a 37-year-old the central character. Well, this is actually Nightwing's 22nd birthday. That we oh, see. is that is that how old he's supposed to be in this book? Okay, I, I know so. it was his birthday, but yeah, he's like thirty-seven at this point. Not thirty-seven. He's the he's same age as twenty-five. He's the same age as Bruce Wayne at this point. Bruce um, Wayne isn't thirty-seven. Bruce Wayne is twenty-nine, according to DC. <laughs> so, Everybody's but, twenty-nine. But this isn't this isn't the Titans story to tell. That's what I'm saying. Is there's right. nothing in this book that says this is the Titan story to tell? And if and if you want to have 
five characters, just like you had with the the original Teen Titans. Well, you eventually had more than that, but you had the your main Teen five. Titans were four. You have, but you have your five characters, right? That became the core, the ones that that everyone knows and that all of the media is based upon these days. There were, um, there were four. You no, if you watch Teen Titans now, it is five characters. I know that, but the the, the new Teen Titans had seven. The original Teen Titans had four. I'm talking I'm about not arguing I'm talking your premise. About I'm arguing your number. I'm 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 talking about the media right now. I'm just saying there were four. Okay, go on. Whatever, whatever. I'm not going to argue with you on something like that. Um, The thing is, give us five characters that we can then identify with, and they don't do this here. No, I I, I do agree with you, and that, I think, is part of this book's thing. You and I want to see different focal points out of this book, but uh, either way, the argument is the same. It doesn't have a focal point. It doesn't have something to center it, be that a Harry Potter going to school or be that, you know, a Legion of Superheroes style schmoz where everybody shows up and once every 12 issues you get to see Jakeem Thunder go, yeah, I'm Jakeem Thunder. Oh man, this book wants to be Harry Potter though. Oh, just yeah, the, but just so the op- Strange just Academy. The op- just the opening pages where, well, I don't remember in Strange Academy them literally riding up to the castle in a boat. Uh, and that's how you introduce the, the younglings. Yeah, well, let's not get a copy. Did you say younglings? Yes, the younglings as they arrive. Uh, Because that's how they do it in Harry Potter is they have them all load up into a boat and float them across the lake to to uh, Hogwarts. And here they float them across the San Francisco Bay to Teen Titans Tower, which looks pretty good. The art on this book is. Is okay. it feels kind of it feels kind of messy in places, and I don't mean that that is is bad, but it just there's a lot of times where it's kind of hard to follow a lot of the action that's going on. Yeah. Especially in the, especially in the danger room bits. There are some moments in here that, and I don't want to sound incredibly, you know, derisive, but there are some Greg land moments in here where people feel incredibly stiff and posed. Uh, The first moment where the six Titans walk up to the podium and you see Starfire introducing the rest of the faculty that just feels incredibly just posed. And if you were to see that on like a movie poster, you'd think they took five different shots and Photoshopped them together. There's something about it that just feels too silky or too slick in places. And I actually enjoy the fact that occasionally you'll see a character like uh, when uh, the new kid runs in and he's late, Dane, I think yeah, his yeah, name Dane is. Yeah, Dane is his name, yeah. He's got crazy wild eyes and he's like, well, sorry, I'm late. I like that because there are points in this where it just feels very, very stiff. And those, you know, those danger room sequences that you mentioned with Nightwing fighting the imaginary Red X's. Yeah. I, ugh, those, those did not work for no, me. No, that's what I'm saying is that that just kind of seemed messy in a lot of places and, and really kind of... Yeah. Turned me off. Uh, so I don't know. I, I like Strange Academy more than I like this book. And I wasn't super hot on Strange Academy. I think the biggest thing that I liked about Strange Academy was um, the art. Um, Humberto Ramos uh, is doing the art on that. Uh, but there were a lot of issues that I think, I think going back, we probably had a lot of the same comments. Who's the central character? What's going on? This is just Harry Potter. And unfortunately, <laughs> we've been inundated with Harry Potter became so mainstream 
and became yeah. such a touchstone that anytime anybody goes to any kind of a school, uh, everyone's going to compare it to Harry Potter. Even even yeah. the magicians, I think you could compare it to Harry Potter and how it sets sets things up. So I think you can't get away from the Harry Potter thing. But of the two, I like Marvel's take on it better at this point. Now, that being said, uh, we skipped, I think, what, issues two and three and read four of Strange Academy or we read issue three of Strange Academy. I would be okay coming back to this in a few months to see if it settled down and found its focus. Right. Found a central premise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But right now I'm just going to say this is a, this is a borrow it kind of book. Oh, I would say it's a skip. I mean, we're, we're at a point where literally saying Harry Potter is almost, it, it, it almost a genre. You know, when you talk about it, there's romance and there's Western and there's Harry Potter, but you also have to be able to give us something new. And I feel like this book is leaning really hard on the recognition factor of both the new teen Titans as, you know, we knew them when we were kids and the last group of teen Titans that, you know, presumably some of the modern readers are going to be attached to, but also trying to bring in some of the goodwill of the Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go cartoons because, you know, the core faculty members are the Teen Titans Go squad. Yeah, that's what I've been talking about. Yeah. Plus, you know, Donna Troy. But yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I would not recommend this book. I don't feel like this book has really a particularly clear premise. I feel like the art is fine, but it's also not great. And there's nothing about it that makes me say, hey, other than the, you know, the fact that they brought Bunker back, because I swear Bunker was dead. I think they killed Bunker at some point. Yeah, they, um, they went to uh, to uh, Kratoa and, and resurrected him. Okay. You go sit on the X-Men step. I'm not going to go sit on no X-Men step. I'm going to sit you... on the step of our fine patrons who uh, <laughs> voted and let us know that they wanted us to read this book this week. It was pretty close. Uh, this one won out by one point. Over, over, what was the other one? Uh, Dungeons and Dragons at the Spine of the World, uh, issue number four that came out. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Harley Quinn uh, was the one that uh, it had just beat out. The new Harley Quinn book that arrived this week. So just by one vote. And then D&D was third, followed by a tie between the new Firefly, the volume of Dune that Ashley reviewed this week on the Major Spoilers podcast, uh, Alien, which I reviewed on the Major Spoilers podcast, and then um, uh, Lady Baltimore, uh, which I'm lo- very much looking forward to read. In fact, we may have an interview with the uh, with one of the writers on that in the coming months. Uh, American Mythology had something, and I forget what this. I forget what my last one had one vote for. SD. I don't know what that one stands for. But Scooby there we go. Doo team up. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Scooby Doo team up. So what will it be next week, ladies and gentlemen? That's going to be up for you to decide. Maybe next week. From Boom Studios, we will review Firefly number 27 or Power Rangers, uh, un, what is it, Unlimited, Air to Darkness number one. Oh, man, there's another Power Rangers book coming out, Matthew. This, uh, I think, is a one-shot, though. Oh, okay. Uh, also coming out next week from Dark Horse Comics, we have uh, Witcher, Fading Memories number four, Young Hellboy, The Hidden Land. Oh, we really enjoyed that first issue of that. Uh, that's coming out next week from Dark Horse Comics. Dynamite Entertainment has Red Sonia, The Superpowers number three. Vampirilla number 18 and Vengeance of Vampirilla number 16. 
IDW Publishing has Marvel Action Spider-Man number one, which again, I don't know if you're an adult listening to this and you're looking for something for your child to read, but Marvel Action stuff that IDW puts out is super kid-friendly. And so uh, Marvel Action Spider-Man number one is probably a, a must pick up for people with with kids. Uh, Transformers 28 and oh, there's a Yusagi Ujimbo, but we're not reading that for a while. Image Comics uh-huh. next week has crossover number five. I know Matthew's down for that. Uh, the no. Department of... You're not? No. Why not? I thought you enjoyed that uh, series. Crossover? Yeah. What's crossover? That's the Crisis on Infinite Earth series from Image Comics. Is it? Yeah. I like Commanders in Crisis. Oh, maybe that's what it is. What is crossover then? I don't know. All right. Well, there you go. Maybe listeners uh, force us to read that and we'll tell well, you what it is. Let's find out. Department of Truth number seven, Shadecraft number one, Two Moons number two. Marvel Comics has Beta Ray Bill, which has already garnered a lot of votes for next week. Uh, Avengers Curse of the Man-Thing, number one. King in Black Ghost Rider, number one. King in Black Return of the Valkyries, number four. The final issue there. Also getting a uh, couple of nods this week already in the early voting. Silk, number one. Then there's also X-Men Legends, uh, number two. Uh, In all the rest category, we have Biden's Titans, number one. <laughs> because there always has to be. Uh, well, they did the whole uh, Trump. They did a bunch of, about Trump. So why not Biden? Right. They did a bunch about Obama and they yeah. did some about GW. I mean, it pretty much goes back to <gasps> crossed Badlands Ken one Super through 30. Presidents. Cross oh. Badlands one through 30 arrives next no, week. I am not reading cross Badlands one. Th- Wait, Badlands. Is that a yep. good one? I don't know. I never. Re- I was no, very turned off by the cross stuff. Here is a good one. Lady Death, Malevolent Decimation, number one of two. Uh, we also have Shadow Service, number six, and Witch Blood, number one, arriving Witch next week. Blood or yep. Witch Blade? Now, I'm, I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. More than likely, we will have to, in the future, just switch over to looking at the entire Comixology list. Um, because, beginning in October, Marvel Comics has announced that they will now be distributed uh, by Penguin Random House. Now, comic book stores will still have the ability to order through Diamond if that's the way they would prefer to go. Although I'm going to guess there will be a few comic shops that will will stay uh, true to Diamond. But I have a feeling a lot of people are going to jump. Now, when DC left Diamond, uh, Diamond no longer puts up uh, the DC solicitations because they don't deal with them. So it'll be interesting right. to see what happens with um, with the Marvel listings once uh, October rolls around. Now, if uh, Diamond is still going to distribute or allow for um i i wonder if diamond will have to order through penguin or if they'll still be dealing with marvel that that seems really weird but i think it's a a good thing in the end and i will uh we've already seen a bunch of other people jump the diamond ship and work with uh what's the other um distributor simon and schuster over the last couple of weeks and months for their more international stuff not uh u.s stuff yet but I have a feeling that we're going to see some changes in that. So we may only be posting uh, links to Comixology beginning uh, in October if we can't get uh, the full listing of what's coming out from Marvel and some of these others. Because ideally, what makes this show work, dear listeners, is you. And uh, that's why when I jump over here, that's I've been stalling for time so I could get into <laughs> what's coming out from Comixology uh, next week. We have Batman Catwoman number four. A couple of people have already voted on that. 
Challenge of the Super Suns number 10. That's a digital first issue. Also, The Flash 768, which appears to be the Wally West returns as the fastest man alive next week. There's also Future State, Imperious Lex versus Superman, issue number three on that one. John Constantine Hellblazer volume two arrives. RWBY uh, meets the Justice League issue one as a digital first. And Strange Adventures number nine arrives. Now, many of you may have heard the news that the Batman titles are getting a dollar bump. So just kind of keep that in mind as we um, as we go into future reviews that you may be paying five ninety nine for the Batman family of books and four ninety nine for everyone else. Looks like I'm looking at next week. Um, Inferior five is a three ninety nine book. Future State is a three ninety nine book. All the rest are four ninety nine. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Inferior five is back. Uh, that's what it's listed as. Uh, let me find it here. Let me find it here again. Inferior five, number five. Wow. Yeah. I thought that book got canceled. That is a, well, apparently not. Maybe it's just been greatly delayed because of, of the COVID. So inferior five, number five, that is, yeah, it's listed as starting in 2019. So that means that the book has been like quarterly, maybe for the (laughs) last uh, couple of years. So there you go. Matthew, tell people what they need to do. What you do is you go to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash major spoilers. You're going to look at any given week. You're going to look for a post that says dueling review for X date this week. What's it going to be? I'm going to go with uh, April 2nd, 31st, April, April 31st, March 31st, the 31st of April, March. Okay. So March 31st, you go there, you'll look, you'll see the list. You vote on what you want to see. Bring your friends, wake the kids, phone the neighbors, we want to get as much participation, as much feedback. We want to get many, many votes. We want this to be a race every week. We want it to be like 30 votes here, 70 votes there, 12 votes over here. And then, you know, everybody can yeah, make, go like, hey. Make me actually do know. some Make me do some work on Sunday mornings where I sit down yeah. and tabulate all these re- results. Because I don't put in any kind of poll. I have to literally go through and count all these hand, by hand. So Tabula- you know, and he's only a- got 10 fingers and there's only 17 people who have done this so far. So it's only going to take me a few minutes. If you really want to make yeah. us work to find out what we're going to review next week, let's get, uh, let's get 50, let's get a hundred, let's get uh, 200 people voting in the dueling review uh, for March 31st, 2021. Then you'll have to come back next week and find out what we're going to review. And maybe you will get to hear Matthew say, is president Johnson's son really Jan This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.